welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. Hi, Betty. Happy to be here. So today we have Natalie Hughes, who works at the Groundswell Center for Local Food and Farming. And Natalie, can you tell us a little bit about your organization, your role, and maybe some of the uh, populations that you serve? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Betty. Um, So Groundswell Center is located in upstate New York. We serve the Finger Lakes region of New York, um, as well as central New York. Our main demographic is beginning farmers, especially small-scale, sustainable, and regenerative farmers. And our our mission is to train the next generation of farmers. And our focus is specifically at the intersection of social justice. That means serving farmers from marginalized and socially disadvantaged backgrounds, um, as well as promoting sustainability as it pertains to climate, water, soils, healthy food. I like that you gave the designation too. That was going to be one of my follow-ups. And by which, like, tell me more about the sustainability. So I like that. Yeah, serving... Um, underserved populations, right? Those that are socially disadvantaged and then trying to to do some good sustainability work as well. Um, can you tell us about your your project, particularly why was it needed or necessary? I was reading up beforehand and I saw incubator in the title. So I kind of, I was like, ooh, that's a, it's kind of a buzzy word right now. And I want to learn more about how you're uh, you're incubating people. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the one of the main issues uh, across the country, but especially in our region of upstate New York, is farmers are rapidly retiring and beginning farmers who are interested in accessing land uh, and starting up farms lack the training or the access to the capital to get started. So what our organization does is provides a stepping stone um, through several different pathways. One of those is incubation. so not just talking about chickens and eggs, but um, right. <laughs> helping folks uh, incubate their business by starting on small plots of land um, so that they can scale up, uh, enter new markets and uh, get some of the, the uh, baseline experience that they need to be eligible for other federal programs. That's one of the, the big barriers for new farmers is accessing some of those uh, government incentives um, such as grants and loans that help people kind of scale up. Um, and we, in addition, so our project is expanding the incubator paradigm. So in addition to just the land access piece, we also offer uh, consulting, technical assistance and training. Um, and we do a lot of that through um, really working closely with expert farmers in our region who come from similar backgrounds to some of the farmers that we serve. So we have programming specific for women, programming specific for folks who are English as a second language, uh, programming led by farmers of color to really sort of uplift and change, you know, these networks that we have in upstate New York. Sure. Sometimes people, they want to learn from a community, right? So maybe doing some of that types, those types of programmings with women, or uh, like you said, people of color, having people that, you know, look like them, sometimes that's that just makes the learning that much easier, right? Or accessible. Yeah. And farming can be isolating. Um, and YouTube is great, but you know, having a mentor or having a network of support is something that 
our farmers say is is the most crucial as they step out of sort of that beginning level training that you get, like, here's how to grow the food. Um, once it gets more complicated, you know, service providers are great, like Groundswell, but we don't know, we're not experts in the details of, you know, what's the best feed for this specific type of sheep, for example, but there's someone in our community who knows that. So a lot of it is doing that sort of resource navigation and, and connecting people so that they can learn from each other. I like it. Isolation has been a really common theme um, on the podcast, just that a lot of farmers do feel isolated. So the importance of community and then this idea of mentorship too. something you said, though, that I, I haven't heard before, but I think it's really true is around beginning farmers. Uh, they need some experience before they can access some programs. Can you speak just a little bit to that? You mentioned like to get the grant, they got to have you know, this is what needs to happen, but can you give a little more detail or context on that? Yeah, absolutely. I can give an example, a specific example of a farmer that we worked with or, or work with right now, and he's enrolled in our incubator program. Uh, his name is Papa. He's a refugee from Burma. Wow. And he has been farming um, for six years now, um, and he qualified through having a baseline of three years experience for a hoop house grant. Uh, through the NRCS, which is a USDA program. And so because he had access to the land, he then qualified to get uh, infrastructure that was, and they specifically have uh, set aside incentives for farmers like Pawpaw, farmers of color. And so he was able to access that. And, you know, um, we've gotten a lot of feedback that especially for folks who are still learning English that, you know, navigating those federal resources can be intimidating. And so we were able to work with him and he was able to secure that funding. And um, we're, you know, a lot of farmers are not aware of what is available for them in terms of grants and loans to expand their businesses. And um, also folks are intimidated. So that's part of it is like supporting people through navigating that process. Oh, I think that's great. And I think it's really true. There's a lot of great programs out there, but you don't know what you don't know. And I, yeah, if you didn't know the language, I can only imagine how intimidating or overwhelming it might feel just to navigate, you know, the policy and procedure and the regulations, all of that. Um, can you talk a little bit, you kind of already have about how does the program help beginning farmers? You mentioned the mentorship piece. Do you want to talk about maybe the technical assistance or some of the other aspects of the program? Yeah, so through this program, we did focus a lot on land access, um, identifying that as one of like the biggest barriers for farmers in getting started in addition to the training. So a lot of our um, technical assistance took the form of either open trainings, you know, technical specific trainings around um, different sustainability practices, um, accessing land and capital, but um, more so is working with clients, farmers one-on-one -on -one, um, who get in touch with us through uh, so many different ways, Instagram, uh, sometimes oh. I'm amazed, phone. <laughs> yeah, we have people in our DMs, you know, like I have a question about farming. And so we usually, uh, we have a process in which we set up a series of one to two consultations with that farmer. And sometimes we bring in a specialist um, to identify that farmer's specific needs um, and best match them with resources and support. 
Um, that so is that really, can... I want to jump in. That's really cool yeah. <laughs> that you're that available and you're using social media and like whatever it takes. Okay, but I'll let you keep talking. So um, <laughs> yeah, you'll, yeah, get, yeah. you'll schedule a couple consultations. Go on. Yeah. And then we meet with folks and, you know, every, I think one of the things that's a challenge and an opportunity for beginning farmer training is that people have such a broad range of experience and interest. And I think, especially in light of the pandemic, more and more people are interested in growing food, but have a very different ideas or opinions around how to do that despite the expensive cost of land. So we're seeing a lot of folks interested in cooperatives, um, interested in creative partnerships with a landowner where they're leasing land in exchange for eggs, you know, all sorts of arrangements that get around the fact that it's hard for people to put that cash down to buy a piece of land. And so that has been sort of something that's exciting and, and can also be a challenge is how can we help people navigate these really specific and new opportunities that in some ways aren't as precedented or as straightforward as, you know, here's the land, you're buying it from me. It's a, it's a transfer, you know? So we're, we're seeing sort of an interest, I think, from landowners in our region who care about the rural character, who care about local food and want farmers to succeed and new farmers who are ready to go, leaving the cities, coming to areas like upstate New York, but still having that barrier of not quite getting on the land yet. And so that's kind of the space, I think, exactly where Groundswell works is, is bridging that gap um, and providing some of the, the specific training and technical assistance that can get more folks on the land. Um, yeah, land access and capital access tend to be two really common issues. And I like that what you're saying is it's going to look different now as more people are interested or maybe want to do different types of farming and as land prices go up, right? It's not just any one factor. It's a bunch of factors, but it's going to look different and we're going to need to be creative and innovative And your organization is doing just that. So but nice job. Uh, I, can you, you, you talked about Papa. That was a great story. Do you have any other stories you want to share about how a farmer was impacted by your program or able to begin farming? Yeah, absolutely. I could talk about um, Aunt Tanisha, actually. We were just working with her all this week, so she's on my mind. She's um, fresh Aunt on Tanisha your mind. Is, yeah, exactly. She's a graduate of uh, one of our farmer training programs uh, that ran last year, and she comes to this work as a, as a beautician and uh, a creator of uh, beauty care products. Um, and so her business idea is that she wants to expand um, her business by growing more of her own products that go into her beauty products. So um, specifically she uses uh, roses, herbs, different medicinals. And so uh, we've been working with her to uh, secure grant funding and um, individual donations so that she can expand her urban farm at her business in downtown Syracuse, New York. And um, she <laughs> she basically got an excavator and- what tore up all of the driveway and it's now turning into this really vibrant urban forest. Um, cool. she's, she's interested cool. long-term in securing farmland, but right now, you know, she owns her business. It's where she lives as well. So starting at a smaller scale um, and starting to vertically, vertically integrate, I believe she has like 48 different beauty products, hair care, bath bombs. Um, so we just put in a grant with her for a, for a black excellence fund 
um, for black owned businesses. So we're hoping that, you know, through continued creative kind of community based uh, support that she'll be able to keep scaling up her business. And um, we're excited to see her get on land uh, time too. I'm excited for her. That's a really cool concept. Like, that's what I like. Yeah, about she doing. calls it farm to fabulous. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, as you were talking, I'm like, I'm thinking about my hair. I'm like, I need to get in touch with this woman. She might know some things I don't know. Um, no, I, that's actually a, another first. I, I don't know that I've most people talk about, you know, growing food for the community. But yeah, for my business of making X, Y and Z non-consumables. I'm going to grow my own stuff and that's going to be kind of my twist or my niche. I like it. And that's what I like about doing this podcast so much too, like hearing all these really interesting and unique stories about people out there. Like who, who knew this existed, right? I'm so, I'm so glad mm-hmm. you shared that. How, how does a beginning farmer engage with your program? If somebody's thinking about starting, you already mentioned just DM you on Instagram and someone will be in touch, mm-hmm. but how else might they engage? So, you know, for our more intensive programs, we do have an application process. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we there's a wait list to participate in some of our more intensive programming. That may um, mean it's because, very good programming. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, we only have so much land. We only have so much um, training capacity. Um, but, you know, we also offer a lot of webinars. Um, we connect, even though our service region is the Finger Lakes, uh, we do connect with people nationally, especially because folks are interested in our region, you know, compared to other areas of New York, where the land prices are very costly because you're in that New York City food shed, you know, the Finger Lakes can be an attractive option for people where they still have uh, some cities and connection and, um, you know, not completely rural. <laughs> um, Understand. Yes. Yeah. Not out. So we, we, get, we get interest. Yeah, we get interest from folks. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, people can reach out in any way and, and we do our best to accommodate folks, um, especially if they're interested in starting up in our region. And if they're not, you know, we we're part of a bigger network and we can help refer people out to someone in wherever region they're looking to to be. Um, so, yeah, we're we're pretty open. We're very active on social media. We're we're, a you know, kind of a younger organization. Um, we're only 12 years old, but we've we've made a lot of progress and community in, in upstate New York. So, yeah, people can get in touch anyway. <laughs> cool. So what's going to be next for Groundswell? How are you going to continue to help beginning farmers? You got any new programming coming down the pipe? We've been getting a lot of interest and demand for um, more climate resilient programming. We last year we were dealing with. Um, too much water and people's fields were flooding. And this year we're dealing with a drought and that that keeps coming up. So we are launching a curriculum that's really focused on um, different techniques for water management, water uh, catchment, uh, a lot of agroforestry, plantings, um, how to use, you know, native plants that you can eat to um, help mitigate climate change, um, but also within your farm structure help shade out some of your crops. Um, and so there's been a lot of momentum and interest in funding from from funders for that, um, and also from farmers who are dealing with increased pest pressure or drought um, or other 
you know, things that are jeopardizing their bottom line. So folks are really interested in learning more about those that specifically. I like it. You guys are continuing to grow and evolve, which is awesome. That's what you got to do. It all sounds really timely and relevant. Where, so where can people learn more about your project? What's the website or the Facebook or the Twitter handle? I sound old or yeah. whatever. Yeah, Instagram <laughs> handle, I suppose. <laughs> no one Twitters anymore. No one yeah, Twitters so anymore. At... <laughs> some, some do. You know, I don't know about the agricultural Twitter community. We're not super engaged in that, but I'm sure there's people that are just posting away somewhere they, there are. i am um, on twitter i joke about it but like yeah you tweet you do not twitter you tweet that's why i'm laughing at myself so okay but yeah where do we find you this is about you absolutely so we're on groundswellcenter.org uh, and our handle basically across all platforms is at groundswell center uh, so yeah please follow us and learn more about what we're offering um we have some exciting workshops coming up um in the Finger Lakes region. And uh, this winter, we look forward to offering some more virtual land access and business specific uh, coursework as well for folks that are outside of the region. Okay, groundswellcenter.org. And your handle is that simple at Groundswell Center. Very good. And there's sounds like there's lots of great things that y'all are working on. And more programming coming up so check it out thank you so much for joining us today natalie thank you betty that was a pleasure thank you for listening to the farm answers podcast this episode was hosted by betty burning produced by curtis monken and jeff reisdorfer listen and subscribe to the farm answers podcast on apple podcasts spotify and all other major streaming platforms tell your smart device to play the farm answers podcast To learn more about this USDA NIFA BFRDP project and other projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers Podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota. 